Crunch and Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. We look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm your co-host Tyler McRae and joining with me as always is uh, my good co-host, my good cohort and colleague, uh, Cal Reader. Cal, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. I'm hungover as shit, but I'm good. What about yourself? I've had too many Flaming Joes, Mo's. That's how hungover I am. I don't even know the name of the drink. What about yourself? Well, I'm quite teetotal on this end. I'm expecting to um, sort of parlay my job into a sort of international diplomat. I've got a couple of uh, Danish people coming over. You know, got to sort of keep the peace as it will. Not quite the Germans with uh, Mr. Burns buying the plant, but who knows? I mean, anything could happen there. But hopefully we've given you a easy one today, Cal, because the episode we're reviewing is a Fear of Flying from Season 6, Episode 11, directed by Mark Kirkland, written by David Sachs, with the original air date being December the 18th, 1994. And the couch gag being that the Simpsons join a kick line, we've all seen it before, it's the one they used to pad out the episode, you know, to get it to that sweet, sweet 21, 22 minute mark. And as always, Cal, um, what did you think of this? Did you have any initial memories or recollections of this episode? Um... Memories from when I was younger, there's always the ending and the whole "Don't look at me," but um, there was there was a gag in this episode which I saw a couple of weeks ago, um, and I I, I kind of looked into it and realised it's the one when it goes into the Cheers, and all the characters are actually played by the characters from Cheers, apart from, interestingly, um, Kelsey Grammer himself. Exactly. Yeah, I always wondered with that, like. Sideshow Bob himself, and you know, Kelsey Grammer's the show that made him. Well, that and uh, Frasier, which got on from Cheers. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm surprised they weren't able to get him to say, Oh, Kelsey, can you do a few lines here? Because they draw his character in. Yeah, they draw his character in. Woody Harrelson's in it before he was kind of like as famous as he was. And then you've got um, the guy from Toy Story and shit and Pixar. John Rasenberger, yeah. yeah. It's a classic ish episode. It's not horrifically funny but there's a lot of gags it it does kind of go into that into my pet peeve of the simpsons where you know towards the end uh, of season i think from season seven onwards the kind of the, the beginning of the story doesn't actually make any sense towards the end of the story but apart from that i think it's it's definitely a solid episode about yourself? Well, for me, I uh, can't remember watching this in my childhood, but I remember getting the DVDs. And um, I mean, this one isn't one of my favourites here, but I'd say um, it's a very solid episode from what I can remember. Didn't get all the references. Now, obviously, being, you know, full grown adult, absorbing all sorts of TV and sitcom culture, I'm getting more and more of the references now. Especially with Anne Bancroft, which we'll get to uh, in the second act, as you know. Doctor's Vibe there and all the Prince of Tide references. We start the episode with uh, Homer at Moe's. Moe's is just minding his own business and everyone's going to end up pulling pranks on Moe. Lenny asks him, you know, oh, have you got change for a five? And he takes the change and there's a massive fuck-off cobra in there. Bites him straight away, you know, oh, he's going to be sore tomorrow. But um, then Barney asks him to smell the flower. Barney's got a flower on him, a posy on him for no good reason. And 
Again, lovely misdirect that Sim I think the Simpsons do well. Not even a spray. It's just, oh, I'll light your tie on fire. Like, re real sociopathic, psychopathic jokes here, but most taking it all in good humour. But Homer, um, he puts him over the edge. He crosses the line when he loosens up the... <laughs> When he loosens up the sugar bowl, when he loosens up the sugar um, container, goes all over Moe's bar. I mean, what did you think of this um, early two minutes here, Cal? I like it. I think it's it, it's kind of classic Simpsons, classic Moe just being a fucking psychopath and, and Homer just getting like the brunt of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's good. It's, it, there's little gags as well, like, you know, we're taking your caricature off the, off the uh, wall. And we're taking your favourite record out of the record player. It's raining, man. <laughs> not anymore. It's not. And throws it out. And it hits Waylon in, in the head. Quite good continuity as well, because you can see the music shop as he's driving as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, now, um, I, now I really enjoyed that, because it's just, you know, playing on Smithers um, being gay and that. But... Um, I mean, I don't know, nowadays, you know what the culture's like and all that, but could they do this sort of joke, this hint at Smithers now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah? yeah well, look at Always Sunny in Philadelphia, for example. That's been airing for 14 years. And in one of the later seasons, which aired last year, one of the characters, one of the characters, Mac, whose name's Ronald McDonald, but they all call him Mark, Mac, he continuously keeps on coming out gay and going back into the closet and coming in in and out. And they there's this episode where they're basically trying to find out who actually owns this lottery ticket who won. And he keeps on for some because what a, a D calls Mac because they, uh, or D or uh, Frank Frank who's played by Danny DeVito calls him a cigarette. Because I've probably sensed yeah, yeah, yeah. the actual word. Um, he goes, well, uh, I find it hard because I'm gay, but I'm not gay, but I am gay, and he keeps him coming in and out. So he goes, oh, he does this a lot, and he goes, get it. Oh, and he went, I'm not gay, I'm totally not gay. He goes, well, show me your exercise bike. So he goes, and gets his exercise bike. It's a normal exercise bike. He goes, yeah, see, it's, it's normal. And he goes, well, what's this? How does this prove that he's gay? And he goes, um, press the pedals. And as he presses the pedals, a fist comes out of the uh, the chair. <laughs> to, to motivate him um, to keep on playing. So, yeah, jokes like this, you know, still happen. More extreme than more on the Simpsons. But you, you, you just, you've just got to, you've got to live by the South Park way of living, just insult everybody. And you have a right to be offended, but have a right to tell the joke in the first place. Oh, there's sugar all over the bar now. That's not funny, Homer. Yeah, we were just messing around. And you had to go too far! How many people want Homer banned from this place for life? Yeah! yeah. Oh, come on, everybody. This bar is like a tavern to me. Yeah, sorry, Homer. You should have thought of that before you gave me the old sugar me do. I'm taking your caricature down from Mount Lushmore, and I'm pulling your favorite song out of the jukebox. <gasps> it's raining, man! Yeah, not no more, it ain't. Ow. Ooh. But Homer is barless, you know, where is he going to find his new drink house? So he goes out on the hunt for his, um, you know, next sort of new residence. And so he goes to a fancy bar. They just look one uh, one side at him and say, oh, sir, can you please leave that making a fuss? Oh, yeah, fine. And then we go to the iconic Cheers bar. And, you know, 
I will say it's perfectly animated there. You've got all the cast in there, like we said before, you know, your Rasenberger, your Went, your Woody Harrelson, you know, Norm and all that. But um, like you said before, and like we just said before, you know, it just seems like they've missed an absolute opportunity or maybe it was a timing schedule that they didn't even get Kelsey Grammer in there. Like, I feel it was a real opportunity wasted because, I mean, the joke's in here as well. It's like real... Um, Oh, it's sort of like a real bar and how real alcoholism is, you know, like instead of Norm being like the, oh, Serling, you know, oh, how's life in the fast one? Oh, I can't find the off ramp. He's not cracking wise. He's just like, give me a beer, you brain dead hick. I'll kill you. It's funny. I don't know. It's it's a very funny piece and it's a bit where it, it's not the fact that Norm almost tried killing the barman. What, what kind of put him off is the fact that they need to keep their lungs for karaoke. That's the thing. What um, it's like? No, oh god, no. Yeah, um, we have a uh, John Rasenberg here, folks. Basically, if you've watched any Pixar film, he is like the constant voice throughout it. You think of Cars, you think of uh, Ham, you think of everyone else. I mean, my god, what what hasn't he been in? Cal, do you have a favourite Rasenberger role in the Disney films? He's good enough. Um, I like the Abominable Snowman from Monsters Inc. Oh, he was that. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, okay, that makes sense now, yeah. But Homer, he's not having any luck in the Cheers bar, so he goes to the next bar, and hell, this has become a meme in itself, hasn't it, Cal? This lesbian bar? You, you think Homer's not noticed that it's a lesbian bar? And he turns around and he goes, wait a minute, this lesbian bar doesn't have a fire exit. Enjoy your uh, death trap, ladies, and walks out, and they go, what's her problem? I love it. He's very conscious. He's very Keith Lard. You know, he's keeping these people's health and safety in check here. But have you got a favourite sort of iteration of that um, meme of Homer just looking blankly then? I think I usually sit a lot with Halloween or, you know, like films, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, it's always, it's always, you know, they always come around Halloween where it's just like, what everyone's going to be dressed as and it's like the Joker and Harley Quinn. Wait a minute. There's something bothering me about this place. I know! This lesbian bar doesn't have a fire exit! Enjoy your death trap, ladies! What was her problem? We have Homer you know, trying to go back to Moe's, you know. Um, so um, he's not quite Homer, though. He's a guy incognito. I love his little tash in here, you know. I think I tried to create a meme on one of these Facebook pages, like um, when you've run out of emails for Amazon Prime and, you know, trying to use different identities here. But Moe's not having it, gets him kicked out. But then we actually see Homer walk past and say, oh, you know, this guy is my exact double. But, you know, Homer... Easily distracted. You know, that dog's got a puffy tail. Hmm. And Homer's last resort is having a drink in an airport bar. You know, the little black box with a cute name there. But Homer ends up finding a change of uniform. And he's about to, you know, neck into his first pint when we have like a air traffic controller come in and say, oh, quick, um, we need a pilot right away to go to the Windy City. Oh, yeah. And everyone pipes up. Everyone wants to. Uh, now, I'll just warn you, it is windy. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Homer seems only one, uh, he didn't even really say anything, so he's, uh, apparently he's right for the job, you know, um, 
but the air traffic controller says, wait a minute, are you just dressing as a pilot so you can drink? Yeah, I am. He's honest. Probably a few times Homer's actually honest. The controller's just saying, ha, you fly boys, crack me up, and just forcefully leading them out. And Homer, I don't know how long this would have went on for, but he gets shoved into the cockpit and goes, you know, oh, but I'm not actually a pilot. And I keep telling you, your fly boys crack me up. <laughs> like he's actually saying, no, the plot needs this. Just go along with it. I'm willing to ignore this. Like, I, d- I don't know. I feel like it's like hidden meta. I, I really enjoy this, Cal. This is one of my uh, top gags here. Yeah, it's a very, it is a very good um, joke. Just the guy just not listening to him whatsoever. Um, I don't know if it is per se. I'm just currently looking it up. Um, whether or not it's kind of a reference to uh one of Dirty Harry's. Um uh, when no, I've not seen he, he pretends to be a pilot and he does the wrong thing straight away because the the plane's getting hijacked basically. Um and they the co pilot turns to him and he goes, Have you have you ever even flown a plane together uh, at all? And he looks straight at a uh at a hijacker. Nope. Just grabs him by the side and smashes him into the thing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they probably take a little bit of influence and then um, retooled it. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the writer's love of all things 70s uh, media. Homer's trying to basically bag it in the cockpit with, you know, co-pilot Alan trying to get him, you know, oh, you're ready for this, Alan. But uh, Alan's not even having any of it, the dick. So he tries and messes around with the buttons, ignores one, you know, because we need that to live. Plane, um pretty much smashes itself because all the wheels go up and Homer's having a meeting with the CEO of the company saying, oh, well, we can't have this get out. So if you're idiocy, we'll reward you with tickets. And this uh, conveniently gets onto our A plot of the story with Marge being nervous about flying. So we have the family there about to go on an airplane ride. They're about to take off there and Marge seems to get more nervous and nervous, you know, just trying to make excuses like, Oh, I've left the lint dryer on. If someone breaks in and tries to... Oh, and it's so cute, bless her. If someone breaks in and tries to do the laundry, you know, a fire might start. And what? Well, I'll say before we get into a massive deep dive, what do you think of Marge episodes in general, Cal? How do you think they're perceived? Um, Because, I mean, there's few and far between. Yeah. They're, they're kind of good. It, they kind of rely a lot on, on like Marge's mental health a bit. Like the one where she kind of has a mental breakdown in the car on the bridge. Um, yes, we did review that one. And then the other one with obviously the when uh, Otto's wife or would be wife run, uh, runs away and starts living with them, and they're going to kill him and stuff like that. Like they're all right. It's it's kind of I don't know. They're, Do you feel that it's used as like a crutch for writing? Not so much. I don't know. I I think it's hard to write women anyway, as like a men, uh, from like every man way. But they do it right. There's enough kind of good humour there. Um, you know, it's it's it what it what they always kind of rely on, and I don't know if it's just because it's just a, a trope in kind of family sitcoms like Family Guy and and others where. Um, the women, the wife always has kind of like a, a naggy voice anyway, and then the guy's a complete idiot. And when when Marsh, you know, decides to start going to therapy and such, she doesn't want, doesn't want to 
go too far, so they don't kind of convince him to go uh, live with grandmother and collect beats, and Lisa obviously likes that. Um, I don't know. It's, and they kind of play on it in the film as well, where you know she kind of says, "I, you know, I let you, I let you go with a lot of things." I can always kind of like put a smile on my face, but this time I don't think I can. Um, I don't know. It's, it's good to play on like the whole long-suffering wife and see what she actually does in the day-to-day. Uh, well, having just mentioned now, I th- in fact, I never really knew that until you pointed it out to me. Yeah, a lot of these Marge-centric episodes do seem to revolve around her psyche and like her. Um, I don't know. Just I don't want to say depression because that's a massive. But like her rut, there we go. As her sort of rut as the, you know, you know, dottering housewife there, and you know, mother hen and all that. I I feel like it is a bit of a crutch, and they could implement more sort of dimensions to a character there. But the family don't end up going on the plane; they're all rushed off, and they're back home, and um, they're not quite sure what's wrong with Marge, you know. Um, but she's all embarrassed. But Homer's and. This is where we get a downturn, folks. Um, I like the majority of this episode, but I think Homer's written too mean and callous here. Obviously, he's a sort of boorish oaf, but um, like he ends up taking advantage of Marge and, her, Marge and her sort of frenzied, insane state here. And it all starts with her, her him putting her down, you know, saying, oh, you know, she's got a fear of flying, you know. Not everyone has a fear of flying. You know, great uh, joke of, you know, sock puppets. Oh, where I've seen that meme before, you know, getting interchange with, um, especially like Piers Morgan and these other idiots. Where it's like, ah, oh, all you people are snowflakes, and then it's like, oh, vegan sausage roll. Where? I mean, what did you think of Homer now going into the second act and throughout this? Because I think he's overly like mean and dickish here. I don't think he's necessarily mean. I think he's just he's just an idiot still. Like Marge kind of starts losing her mind a little bit and starts baking at like three o'clock in the morning. And then on another night, uh, they go to a video store and they get all um, at like the one called Survivor, and I can't remember the other one. Um, alive, yeah. Alive, yeah. And let's we'll see. He tries to help the best way he can. He gets woken up at three o'clock in the morning, and she's shingling the roof. Yeah, but then he suggests, obviously, shouldn't you be baking? Like he's gotten used to this new sort of treat he's found himself in. I think, I so he's think, just going to manipulate it. I don't think he's manipulating I think he's just, he's just an idiot. He's just like, oh, you don't usually do shingles. You should, you know, do bacon instead. It's like, yeah, soon, soon, I just need to do this. And then whilst watching the film, um, <laughs> it's actually a, quite a funny guy I missed when I was younger. Um, and now that we're alive, and they all say alive. Um, and you can hear him chewing. <laughs> you can hear him eating one of the passengers. And Lee, we sure um, are. The other, the other therapy, um, he decides to make them call a radio station. And the radio station, what soon she picks up, because you're all going to die. What? Oh, I'm sorry. That was our uh, last caller. Um, you are going to die. And she goes, oh, my God. <laughs> and then the DJ goes, have you got a, a song request? And Homer just snatches the phone and says, it's raining. Man. It's raining, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a lovely little call back there. And then finally, when, when watching classic film um lisa suggests that she's a bit too tense and needs actual therapy um and because i don't know what you're on about and she's quite literally floating because she's not stressed yeah she's Um, in the seated position but with no 
chair or sofa because you think she's sitting on the sofa and then it cuts you know side angle and oh I, I don't know why it's still a tiny bit of that still sort of freaks me out like um it seemed to creep me out as a kid on her rewatches but like even now because you just think oh what's the actual biological science behind it like it's impossible how do we do do we folks do you enjoy simpsons podcast as much as this one you're listening to right here go check out our friends at the 411 Folks Simpsons podcast. They review The Simpsons uh, chronologically, seasons one, two, God knows whatever season they're on now, um, with jokes, japes, accents, and a whole load of fun as well. So that's the 411 Folks at Facebook. Also, if you haven't checked our podcast out, go to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a British Simpsons podcast, and the same on our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. Now back to your regularly scheduled listening. So we have the family in the waiting room for Marge's first therapy lesson there. And we get a great little gag here with um, Bart finding out that, oh, Skinner's here as well. <laughs> and he tries to be slick with, um, you know, hiding his face behind the newspaper. But he's got a copy of Principal as well, and it's a perfect face match there. And Bart says, oh, well, you know, uh, I guess I've completed my job now. And Skinner's just good for Skinner, though. He's sort of normalising, you know, that people need help on that. And he goes... Oh, this isn't your job, Simpson, you know. Me and Smother... Mother! Like, a great a great callback to sort of his original identities, you know, that um, Norman Bates type, you know, coddled by his mother type there. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that gag. That was another one of my top ones. Cal, how about you? Hi, folks, just cutting in here and just letting you know that um, uh, midway through this recording, Cal, um, I don't know, yanked his earphones out or did some voodoo or did something... So um, his end of the audio is um, very tinny. So instead, um, you'll be hearing mine. Um, I've done the best I could to boost up, but um, it still doesn't take away the great analysis and the, you know, keenness we have for this episode. So uh, carry on enjoying. Yeah, this, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of good little gags uh, all the way through this episode. If I'm honest, like you've got, you know, you have got the Skinner. And I do. I, I think Skinner's a, a very underutilized character. Really, and oh yeah! Kind of really get a hold of him and do quite quite good. Um, it's I don't know. It's it's a good it's a good little little gag here and there. So we get Homer and Marge in meeting uh, Doctor Zweig there, who is uh, the main guest star is uh, Anne Bancroft here. Um, she was in a couple of uh, major films. Probably say her best known role is um, Mrs. Robinson. Within the graduate there, um, I never did watch the graduate, but I've heard great things. I know the all the iconic scenes in here, but I think she does a bang up job here, Cal. Oh, definitely, I think she really does. Um, she's the second star of Officer Dustin Hoffman, um, and he's the teacher dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we fancy? Um, yeah, she's a very she's. Try and charge her. Say, well, how much do you charge? And if we do from a um, a sliding scale, I'll, I'm willing to go low, as low as thirty dollars. Anything lower, <laughs> it's uh, thirty dollars will be fine. Now, uh, I guess um, we're not going to go too much into it because it's a bit of a heavy subject. But I'm guessing um, thirty to forty dollars um, for like hourly um, sessions, Cal. That's got to be great value now, what with such a mental health crisis uh, throughout the world and 
privatization of healthcare and that and mental health not getting nearly as much resources. I mean, this is amazing. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's more of a more of a breakdown. You know, you can't get, especially in this country, um, money, uh, off the NHS, but you just basically get put on a six month waiting list before you can actually get it. And then it can um, get cancelled, and then you're back on the waiting list. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just funny to show that it's just you know cheap. I have Marge settling into a first session there, and Zweig is making sure that you know, you know, uh, this is a safe space. You know, you're an open book here. Don't feel threatened. And then she just hears this little squeaking, and it's Homer as a window cleaner trying to you know, ear on in. He goes, "Oh, don't worry, that's just Murray, the window cleaner." He comes at five, but it's a few seconds before five. A couple of seconds before five. Yeah, and he's bang smashes down. Murray smashes down on Homer. And in all fairness, Homer would <laughs> fought with death, but um, it's just a great sort of smash cut kind of joke, and that's a great way of uh, end the second act. Have Marge finish her first ever um, therapy session, and yeah, I I do not like Homer in this because he's just been overly sensitive and overly boorish. You know, oh, you know, all you've talked about is you know your therapy session. No, this is the first mention of it. Oh, look, I've come from my session there, and. I don't know. It's just giving me levels of um, Homer, you know, that Maud Flanders episode where she dies. It's giving me sort of horrible notions of that, Cal. Uh, I, think, I, I don't know. I, think I, I know we're probably going to be at loggerheads again on this, but like, I just find him, uh, you know, insufferable. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like it. I don't think it's... It's, it's, it, it, it's Homer kind of acknowledging that he's a bit of a nutter. Bit of a twat, not ideally the best um, husband as he could be, um, but he's, you know, I, I think you're looking a bit too far into it. In my opinion. We have Marge starting to look into the deep banks of her mind there, and it's the first day of school for Marge, and you know, patting someone, putting the fear of God into her, saying, "Oh, there's a big toilet, and they make you all go at the same time." And there's no look when she gets on the bus as well because she's. Straight away getting persecuted for a monkey's lunchbox there. And yeah, um, I'm sure this resonates with a few people. Thankfully, my first few days in school were nowhere near this horrible, you know, this uh, traumatic here. But I, I, these flashbacks are great. Um, I think it's just a different, you get to see different character models in there. And I love little um, preschool Marge, like just very cute here. Uh, what do you think of these flashbacks, Cal? I want to see Daddy fly. Margie, oh, come back. Daddy? Daddy, where are you? Da so, who wants a pre-flight cookie? Fig Newtons? Hydrox? Daddy? Don't look at me! Don't look at me! Father was a stewardess. Marge, there's nothing to be ashamed of here. Today, male flight attendants or stewards are common. They are? Yes. Thanks to trailblazers like your father, you might say he was a pioneer. Yeah. You might even say he was an American hero. Let's not go nuts. They're good. They're very funny. Um, you know, I remember 
Oh yeah, um, beautiful. Um, the disappointment when I went to school and realised there was no King. There's no King Mike. King Bob. I'd oh, say. King Bob. Oh, sorry, I'm such a such a heathen. Such an uncultured swine. <laughs> um, it's for, it, I don't know. It's it's good. It's it, it's good little little you know, little gags. Um, classic with you know Patty and Salma just being bitches. Um, no, when she when she says about the monkeys, um, she says, "Well, she was right. They didn't play their own instrument. They didn't write their own." Yeah, like, the monkeys weren't about that. They were about rebellion and the American. <laughs> we have a second session here, and Marge keeps talking about a reoccurring dream. You know, she always thinks she's the mother from Lost in Space. Now, I only hear Lost in Space references from The Simpsons itself. And, um, you know, other American media, particularly, you know, uh, MSC3K, Mystery Science Theatre, 3000. But do you know what um, Homer's doing, like, a big posh accent? Uh, Do you know the character he's supposed to be portraying and, like, a massive myth around it? Uh, I don't necessarily know the myth. I know that the idea of the character was uh, it was supposed to be um, mainly about the family, but because he had that kind of humour with the robot. It's mainly what my brother was saying, how him and the robot would basically became like the stars of the show. And he hated it. Uh, ah, right. Campy little robot. What 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 is your mythology idea? Right? Like they've remade um what's in space a few times. Yeah. Joe's in the film and his son in Netflix series. I've not watched it, I'm not good. Well that um the oldest sort of camp man and you know his bickering with the robot and that um and he would often try and like um sort of harass the child there or you know do some sort of weird joke of him it had like underlying tones and it was sort of confirmed by a uh, the mum herself the actress who played the mum but it was essentially like a <laughs> like a sort of noncy relationship or it'd be like underlying sort of um pedo jokes because it you know, because um, a man just can't be like camp or you know, even gay around a little boy. You know, always definitely a, <laughs> it was definitely pedo. And this would be referenced in a later episode in uh, Mayor to the Mob because Bart goes up to the actor who played the you know the old camp man. He goes, oh, you know, say young child, you know, I'd like I'd love you to help me rehearse my lines. You know, and yeah, it was just these underlying. It's a bit weird now, but I guess as Brits, like we love a good sort of nonce joke. I mean, it's. You know, an easy word to say is like, um, you know, tree or fuck or whatever. And we have Marge. Um, she's still not sure what's causing her fear of flying there. She's got all these repressed memories. And the um, therapist self saying, oh, yeah, we've not even hit your real issue here. But um, just to let you know, I'll bring this up now. Um, your check has bounced. Oh, no, wait, there is something coming now. Like Marge's re- <laughs> realising, you know, her time is short here, folks. But she gets to... Um, well, at the time, what's believed to be the main sort of um, traumatic memory. And it happens to be Marge's father was a pilot, or so she thought, you know. And she's so eager to see her daddy, you know, she's not happy with the one hug. She just races onto the plane and looks for her daddy. And um, 
you know, he's a steward, a stewardess, um, with a lovely, with a lovely, with a lovely apron there, and little Margie, bless her, is horrified all of a sudden, and yeah, Cal, this was one of your favourite bits, like, he said, don't look at me! It's, it's, it's just so, so, so over dramatic. Um, after he leaves, uh, <laughs> after he leaves, and he goes, uh, yeah, well, it's a very valid job, you know, steward. Um, and maybe your father was, I think, uh, Gordon there as well. Yeah, maybe he was the old American hero. Oh, let's not go nuts. Yeah, um, that was my top joke there, just the complete overselling of it to, you know, help Marge feel better. But then, um, I mean, it's not just that. It just seems she's got all sorts of aerophobic memories here. We have, um, uh, God, I don't know what even relative this was, but just some sort of great-great-great-grandmother, you know, doing the Here Comes the Aeroplane with her when she was a right baby and stabbing her eye with um, Rusk or whatever you want. Um <laughs> Then her in a toy plane that bursts on fire, and then that iconic North by Northwest um, reference. That's all I knew it was when I was small. I guess even until I was like fourteen. That's all. I, that's the only iconic bit I remembered um, was that um, biplane. I don't. Um, there was no machine guns in the original version, was there? It's just um, swoops down on the carry grant, and that's it. It does shoot. Oh, does it? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. I thought it was just um, in pursuit and just tried to, like, you know, deck him. People, um, if you haven't, please watch North by Northwest. It's um, one of Hitchcock's true greats. And, you know, what other film um, ends on, like, a massive innuendo, on a massive visual innuendo? I think I saw that on our course, Cal, and, like, I just creased. Because, like, there's no, um, there's no sort of subtlety whatsoever about it, is there? I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen the same film. Oh. I've got Cat Walks in the end. I won't spoil it here. I'll happily link you the ending. There's no spoilers with the ending, um, folks, or Cal. So, yeah, I'll happily link you that. It's just funny as hell. But we have Marge. Have, I don't know, have a sort of a breakthrough. Or at least, you know, um, breaks the tip of the iceberg off her anxiety here. And then Zweig even says, like, oh, no, we haven't even, you know, dared to talk about your husband, who's, like, the source of all this. Homer must have heard this, because he runs and goes, oh, no, no, she's cured, it's fine, we don't need to spend more money, bye. Like, it's it's almost like, um, you know, oh, we've got to wrap this up, folks. A little bit, I guess. I think, I don't know, I think it's more kind of, we don't want to stick to too much, so she ends up realising she can do better than Homer. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Dickish Homer back again. You're right. But we have, um, I believe this is the main uh, Prince of Tires reference where um, your man from the film was cured by Barbara Streisand and goes, you know, every time, you know, I listen to the wind, it'll say, Lowenstein, Lowenstein. My name is Zweig. Lowenstein. Don't ruin this for me. But we have the family, you know, they're about to get back on the plane. You know, Marge is, you know, Cured, pretty much. Although, um, Cal, as you brought up to me before the episode, this is not um, the first time Marge flies. Well, I've looked it up. The first time they fly is when Mrs. Felicia goes to Washington. Um, however, they've said 
chronologically this airs before this happens before. Uh you know, there's no women timeline in this season very old. Um but Oh no, well each episode does for the most part reset, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's each it's an individual case by case, it's an individual story there. So I've never had a massive moan and piss about it because I think it's that solid of an episode that it doesn't really draw attention to that. Whereas like I've heard God, your main Simpsons podcast, I'm not gonna say which ones, you know. Um, but yeah, they seem to have an issue with this because it's a massive continuity area, but you know, I I'm not too fussed, Cal. I mean, I'm sure you're not either. No, it 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 was kind of in the back of my mind when I was watching the episode, but apart from that, like you know, I'm not really even detail about it, right? We have Marge and Homer, you know, belted in. And Homer's um actually being supportive for once in this whole episode. So here we go. He's just, you know, saying, Oh, you know, that's just you know, the engine warming up. That's just the propulsion jets going. And then of all the times to get over this fear, the the plane does actually crash into the lake beside the airport, you know, dips in, and then we end with Homer just saying, oh, and that's just the card swimming between your legs. And Marge giving a, you know, a famous grunt. And that's how we end the episode, folks. I don't know about the very, very end, Cal, because well, I guess the joke is she's got through all this and it's for nothing because the plane crashes. But I don't know, I felt like it takes a tiny bit away from the uh, effort and the jokes made. I, I don't know about yourself. My my main issue is, you know, obviously with me and these episodes is I do believe the endings of the episodes aren't always great. Um, I think this is kind of a good enough sweet sweet ending to kind of tie everything together that you know, she can go on planes now and it kind of opens it up for later episodes so she can um, obviously travel and such. Um, it's a it's a nice ending. Like this episode's got you know it's got a lot of gags in it. It's got a lot of side gags. So like when it goes to the fancy bar, you see the character from the New Yorker. Um, also, this is the first episode after um, what this great podcast is named after. Um, oh, it's the episode straight after. It's not. I don't think it's the episode straight after. Oh. Um, it is the episode where Lenny and Carl are first actually patrons of Moe's Bar. Oh, oh, historic! They haven't, they haven't really seen, uh, they weren't really seen in Moe's Bar until. Um, oh bloody hell! When uh, obviously Fraser Moe's happened. Right. Well, um, I guess I'll say in summary, folks, that I enjoyed a lot about this episode, um, minus. Homer sort of becoming a downright horrible human being and not supporting his wife, but only sort of using her fears and anxiety for his own gain. But there's a lot of memorable jokes and memorable memes that have come out of this. I like the little cheers nod. I think Anne Bancroft does a bang-up job. So I'd say as far as rankings go, I'd um, say three and a half um, cracking up flyboys. What about yourself, Cal? For me, it, you know, it has... It has... A lot of good side gags and a lot of you know, uh, humorous parts. Is it one of the most memorable episodes? Not 
really. It's yep. very newsworthy. Um, I think the, the beginning of the episode is a lot funnier than the end because it throws off about it, but about the kids' point. However, I'd, I'd definitely give it a um, two two fire uh, fire local kids out of five. <laughs> Uh, I think that's your best ranking system yet. Okay, let's pull on that random episode generator and see what comes out next. We're going to spook up a storm with our Halloween special with Treehouse of Horror 5. Don't forget to like our Facebook page. That's Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a Simpsons podcast. Same with Twitter and our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.